Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. He was from a good family, had a good upbringing. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, strict Pharisaical doctrine. And he gave it all up when he got born again. When he met Jesus on that road to Damascus, he gave it all up. Amen. And when he gave it all up, he never looked back. He just went right on with Jesus the rest of his life. He'd been beaten, robbed, stoned, left for dead, suffered shipwreck, adrift in the waters, right? Everything that he endured, he did it for Christ. Ah, <laughs> Amen. I had it right there in Philippians. No wonder the Lord had me go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Let's read about this. Verse 4. Philippians 3 verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has something he can trust in in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, I'm blameless. What things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of, of Christ Jesus. 
Brethren, I don't count myself to as apprehended, but this one thing. Forget those things that are behind, and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So you see, he had it made. If he would have just stuck with what he was doing, he would have probably ended up on the, the council. Amen. The, like the Senate of Israel. Glory to God. He had his ticket punched and was on the ladder to success. Nothing could stop him. He was going around arresting Christians wherever he could find them, throwing them in prison. didn't matter if they were women, children. Killing the men, standing by while they were executed for their faith. Arresting them, throwing them into prison, overseeing their torture. Trying to get them to renounce Christ. That's the whole purpose. Renounce Christ and we'll let you live. Does it sound familiar today? Amen. But then he got born again and Jesus just ruined his life. I mean, you just read it. He counted all his loss now. Looking back, he forgets the past because he presses on with Jesus despite whatever may happen. You know, we went into something, arrest, imprisonment, beatings, torture, robbed, beaten, stoned, left for dead, shipwrecked several times, adrift for a day or two in the water before rescue. The devil threw everything at him, including the kitchen sink. Amen? And now he finds himself in a Philippian jail, I'm sorry, in a Roman jail. And he's having one of those days. Where he's sitting down in this muck, in this mire. Guards are talking about he's going to be executed this time. He'd heard that before. and God always miraculously delivered him. But this time seems different. And he's wondering. He's probably being persecuted by some of the guards as well as other prisoners. Talking about, where's this God that you serve now, boy? Teasing him. Deriding him. Persecuting him. And beginning in verse 8, let's begin reading in Philippians chapter 1. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. He's writing to the Philippian church. Now, think about who the Philippian church is before we get a little bit farther along. You can see it in the book of Acts. He was being jailed in, in Philippi, thrown into the prison there. They were praying at midnight. God answered by a great earthquake that opened every door to the prison. The jailer, running in to see what the status was of the prison, 
seen all the doors open and figured everybody had fled and his life is over. He's getting ready to kill himself. Paul said, you know, the power of God has kept us here. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. Nobody's left. And he went into the jail, took Paul and Silas out, washed the roof, said, you know, took him to his family and said, how can we be saved? And they got born again that night. And the prisoners in that prison had heard them singing and praising God. When God supernaturally opened all the doors, these prisoners, listen to me now, these prisoners had a choice to make. They could run for it and be fugitives the rest of their life, or at least until they got caught, at which time they would be executed. Not just put back in prison like they do today. You escaped, you got caught, you were executed. But they sensed and felt the power of God in that place. God is love. They sensed the power of love in that Philippian jail in the middle of the night. And it's not like they had electric lights and all that stuff that we have. They, they probably had some torches lighting the hallways. But think about it. Every person in that jail, every person had a choice to make. Run or stay. Those were the two choices. If they ran, they're on their own. They'd be fugitives the rest of their life until they got caught and killed. Or stay in one of the meanest, worst prisons in the Roman Empire. And every one of them chose to stay. Why? Because the presence of God was in that prison. That Philippi church, the Philippian church, which this book of the Philipp to the Philippians is a letter from Paul, from Rome, in prison, and he's sending this letter to the Philippian church. He's sending it to that jailer who's the pastor of the Philippian church. It's a jail ministry, a prison ministry. Amen. And he's writing to them. And he's homesick. He wants to visit them. And that's what he's saying in verse 8. God is my record. God is my witness. How greatly I long after you. And I would desire to be with you if Jesus would let me. And this I pray, verse 9, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve or try things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. So he's trying to, in, in the midst of having one of those days, he's trying to lift them up. A little bit. Verse 12. But I would but I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened to me have fallen out rather to the furtherance of the gospel. They had heard, you could read elsewhere that they they sent an offering to him to, to minister to him, to be a blessing to him, to encourage him. And he's thinking on these things. He said, you know, I want you to understand that everything you've heard that has happened to me has happened in order to further the gospel. 
so that in my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace. The entire palace of Caesar knows why I'm in prison. Verse 14. Many of the brethren and Lord, growing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. They hear Paul still preaching the gospel. The threat of execution hanging over his head. He's still preaching the gospel. They try and torture him. He's still preaching the gospel. They throw him into the deepest parts of the dungeon. He starts singing praises out in the middle of the night with his voice and his songs of praise echoing throughout the prison. And it encourages the other believers, even those in prison. And they become more bold in preaching the gospel without fear. Verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. In other words, some of them are repeating what he says. Like uh, later on in Philippians 4.19, he talks about how his God shall meet all their needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I'm sure he's been repeating that. You know, as they come in and say, you want some rice today, Paul? And they might throw a handful down there, you know. He goes, what's your God got to say about that? And I'm sure he said, my God meets my needs. So maybe the next day they come by and, we're not feeding you anything to Paul. Let God meet your needs. See what I'm saying? Teased, ridiculed. Having one of those days. Verse 15, some indeed preach Christ of envy and strife but yet some of goodwill. The one preaches Christ of contention. The one repeats words of the gospel trying to tease Paul. Not sincerely. Supposing to add affliction to my bonds. To make my days even worse. The other of love. Knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. The ones who preach Christ out of love know my mind is set that when I appear before the judgment seat, I'm going to defend what I preach. I don't care if they kill me. I am not going to reject Christ. As a matter of fact, if I'm brought before Caesar himself, I will preach the gospel to Caesar. So you got... Some that are teasing him, ridiculing him. But as they're repeating what he has been preaching, they're repeating the gospel. And word is traveling. Amen. Verse 18. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is being preached. And I rejoice in that. Yea, and I will rejoice in that. That no matter whose side they're on, if they're preaching scripture, they're preaching the gospel. Even those who are demon-possessed, I'm talking about those that are persecuting him, those that do not know Christ, when they repeat scripture, they are preaching the gospel. The devil is preaching the words of Christ through Paul trying to tease Paul and make him feel bad, adding strife to his imprisonment. 
But he says, whether they're doing that out of pretense or in truth, either way, Christ is being preached, and that's what I rejoice in. For I know, no doubt, he has no doubt here, I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen? Verse 20, According to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I will be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live, or for to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet, what I shall choose, I do not, I wot not, I don't know yet. He's having one of those days right here where he's trying to decide whether just to give up and die. So he can be with Christ. Let all this torture, let sitting in this stinky, smelly hole, cold, damp, filthy, rats, maggots floating around and crawling around and being teased by other prisoners, being teased by the guards. Could you imagine, you know, them letting a rope down or something and say, Come on out, Paul. And he starts climbing up and then they cut the rope right about the time he gets to the top just to watch him fall 10, 15 feet back down into the mucky mire, make a big splash and laugh at ah, ha, 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 ha. And this is getting to Paul. He's having here one of those days. He's like, Lord, just take me home. Just take me home. Let me die. Let me be with you. And as he's praying about that, he decides to write this letter to his church planted in Philippi, the church of the Philippians, the prison ministry. Because they had sent him an offering, and he wanted to acknowledge it. And he says, what I'm going to choose here, I don't know. For to me to live, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue preaching Christ. If God lets me live, I am going to preach Christ till the day I die. But could that day be today? So I could be with him and all. I'm leaving all this behind. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which one I'm going to choose. Verse 23, For I am in a strait between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. And then as he's praying about it, he says, Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He says, Nevertheless, if I stay alive, that's better for you, so I can continue to minister to you and tell you about the victories here in Rome, where the gospel's being preached. And having this confidence, now he's made up his mind. See, this is not... 
as I am reading this, this is not a complete thought in 30 seconds or one minute. He's writing and praying. It may have been an hour or two between verse 23 and 25. It says, Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is better for you. Therefore, I have this confidence. I know I shall abide and continue with you. All for the further or your furtherance and joy of your faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Christ Jesus for, for me by my coming to you again. He's made up his mind. He says, No, I'm not gonna die right now. Matter of fact, I believe in God that I'm gonna get out of this prison and come visit you. The inference there is free, but it he could also be meaning, even if I'm under arrest and in prison with you boys again, we'll have a grand time in Christ Jesus. So I've decided I'm going to live, and somehow I'm believing God will allow me to come back and visit you. Amen. Isn't that good? You see how he went through from having one of those days to encouraging himself. Encouraging himself. Just like David did. You know, we would turn back over there to 1 Samuel, verse 6 says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen? He encouraged, how does he do that? How does someone encourage themselves in the Lord? By meditating on the Word. By meditating on what God has shown you in His Word. By meditating on the promises of God for you. That's what Paul did. That's what David did. Amen. Let me turn back over to Psalms. Oh. Yeah, okay. Psalms 89. Verse 48. What man is he that lives and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Lord, where are your former loving kindness which you swore to David in your truth? Remember, Lord, the reproach of your servants, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the mighty people, or with your enemies have reproached, O Lord, or if they've reproached the footsteps of your anointed. They're say he's saying here that they just keep following me and persecuting me, trying to kill me. And then he says, but blessed be the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. And if you read on down through 90, you see he starts to encourage himself. But over here in Psalms 91, you see the result of this encouragement. He says in Psalms 91, I, or he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... He's my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise of pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers, and under His wings I shall trust. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. I will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that comes at noonday. Though a thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, none of it shall ever come near me. 
Only with my eyes shall I look and see the reward of the wicked, because I have made the Lord my refuge, the Most High my habitation. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling, for he shall give his eagles charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They shall bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against the stone. I shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon I will trample under my feet, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him, God says. I will set him on high, because he's known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. He will be with him, or I will be with him in trouble. I'll be with him and honor him for long life. Will or with long life I will satisfy him, showing him my salvation. That's the promise of God. Hallelujah. So you see, David encouraged himself there in those songs. David encouraged himself. And the result was Psalms 91, where he finally he got the breakthrough he is looking for. And he said, my God, I'll dwell with you. I'm not going to be afraid for anybody like that. Back over in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, he said, you know, the people were going to stone him. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. We just read Psalms 91. He started encouraging himself. Amen? And then David called for the priest, the representative of the Most High God on this earth. He called for Abathar the priest, Amalek's son, and said, I pray thee, bring here to me the ephod. That was the representation of God. And Abathar brought there the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Will I overtake them? And then he waited. He went from having one of those days to making the decision, look, I'm not going to make a decision until I hear from God. And he went to Abathar the priest and said, give me the ephod. And he bowed and started praying. And he said, Lord, I'm not going to move from here until I hear from you. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.